Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Audio Frontier. Welcome to Wrestling Daft, The Marks, episode 38. Bloody hell, who knew? Um, hailing from Labrat, weighing in 182 pounds, I am John, producer of Wrestling Daft, host of this show. And with me, a man who's bigger than expected turnout at the US election. Topical. It's Big Alex. We should probably stay away from the topical conversations during this podcast, considering it's all we're going to hear about for the next 48 to 72 hours. Oh, it's going to be longer than that because Trump will spat the spit the dummy and refuse to give up power. There's a lot of potential uh, situations. And let's just say I have a, I have a bet on with a friend of on Joe Biden. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. That's where my support lies. And good luck, Joe. <laughs> Go Joe! Joe, 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 Joe. Um, and now let's welcome to the show a man who has followed in the steps of many a WWE superstar and we now, like contractually now, just have to refer to him as Cassidy. It's inside the ropes, lead writer, Cassidy. can't I... steal a man's first name. <laughs> that's what the well, WWE do. Ah, that's fine, I'll take that. It's probably, I don't know what one of the two names I'd choose, but I one of the weeks where I'm glad I'm not a real journalist and just write about the about the fake sports, so we're all good. I don't need to worry about uh, presidential stuff and anything like that. If all I need to worry about the day is how badly retribution will doing, I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, um, before we get into the show, guys, anything from your life you would like to bury or put over? From just general life? Can I put over a snake plant that I bought from B&Q at the weekend that's now sitting in front of my desk and a makes my plant? mental health much better for sitting at home all the time? You are getting positive mental health vibes from a plant. Well, from multiple plants, I've like stacked them up in front of my desk, so I feel like I'm, I'm getting more greenery in my life since I now spend far too much of my life here. I tell you what, with that beard and that hair, you've got a, maybe going like David Bellamy. You probably don't even know who that is because I'm like of a vintage, obviously. David Bellamy? No, no. No, I don't I think so. I can tell you Craig Bellamy and Matt Bellamy are, but no, David, sorry. No, David. No, no. I right. think for this, for, since this is a wrestling podcast, let's keep it topical. Sami Zayn, probably the most <laughs> close right now. Yeah, but no, but I'm talking about the plants. Anyway, fine, oh, forget it. you meant my hair for a second in the so, beard. Alex is putting over plants. Gary, anything from your life you want to bury or put over? I, I just think it's very fit and that Alex has put over plants since we um, know about his other hobbies. Um, <laughs> yeah, for me, I would say uh, I'm kind of following in the same footsteps. You know, Halloween's just passed. I'm a big Halloween guy, um, as people can probably tell anyway. Um, so last night, I've sat and watched Raw with some candles on, some kind of gothic-looking candles and a wee beer. Um I'll tell you in the biddies and put overs if it enhanced the experience or no, but uh, mm. I, same as Alex, just making indoors as comfortable as it can be since we're going to be here for a while. Well, it looks that way. Uh, can I, and talking about that, I went full lockdown. You know, we can't get to the pub now, gents, which is absolute, can't believe it. Just missed the pub so much. So I invested in the perfect draft master from Phillips. Let me tell you right here, right now. It's a game changer. It's an absolute <laughs> game changer. I have like, perfect. 
<laughs> you know, it costs, I mean, I got a wee tax rebate. So I'm going to treat myself here. It was reduced to 200 quid and thought, fuck it, I'm getting it. So I bought myself this perfect draft master and I'm, I'm, there's no looking back now. You know, it's just pours brilliant pints, chilled, cooled, a lot of good kegs. So I am totally putting that over. If you're thinking about doing it, do it. There we go. So I like you set that up so you could put over your beer master 10 points. <laughs> pretty much. I'm pretty, I'm so excited. I was so excited pouring out first beer. It was amazing. Um, so yeah, uh, hopefully you've had a good week as well. And uh, we will be not just burying putting over stuff from our life. We'll be doing that from the wrestling a bit later on as we take on the big shows with a guest. Mark um, will once to be again be on the Wrestling Daft Raft, heading to Fancy Booking Island to find out who booked the best, spin the wheel, make a deal match. I have not checked the results, so I think it was... When I first put it up, it was close, but I've not checked the final results, so we'll find out how we got on in that. And it's back... We buy popular, well, not really by popular demand, but it's back. Um, it's never mind. Wrestle mind the buzznocks. I can't believe it. I'm messed it up again. It's a wrestling based music quiz, which we had all sorts of copyright issues with last week. Um, so hopefully it's so refined this week that we're not going to have any issues. Alex, tell the people what it's all about. I think you summed it up pretty well, to be honest. I'm not sure what else I can really say about it. Right, well, Alex is the quiz master and he will be will be putting our wits up against one of the listeners later on. Um, five questions this week, Alex, is it? It's five questions this week. It's a much more refined experience. Excellent. So that is backed by unpopular demand. Uh, big news, on, however, on the show. Gary caught up with Miro, a.k.a. Rusev, and you can hear what he had to say later on. Gary, how was he? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I'm a huge fan, or was a huge fan, of Rusev. Miro in AEW has been a bit stop-start, but I knew that outside the ring he's going to be brilliant to talk to anyway. Was amazing, and uh, probably my favourite part of the full interview happened before we started recording, where Miro said, oh, I love your accent, man, and I was like, well, wait until we get near the end of the interview to say that, because the people on YouTube do not agree whenever they hear it. And he's like, no, 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 it's a perfect Australian accent. Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. I'm quite disappointed it wasn't this week, so I can't ask you, I couldn't ask you to ask him where he got his lovely shorts from Dynamite this week. <laughs> oh my God, we're on to fashion already. Jesus Christ. Uh, so yeah, we'll hear what Gary Miro Stroke Rusev had to say a bit later on. But first, let's cut ourselves a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, guys, I'm going to wrestling this week. Um, I'm fed up of it. I hear it all the time. The same heel promo over and over again, which goes along the lines of, I am the best intercontinental champion. I am the best world champion. I am the best insert title or match here. It's just been done to death. We know you're not the fucking best. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Every heel goes to it. I am the best intercontinental. We are the best tag team. And they go to the well so many times with it. But they're clearly not. You know, fucking, who's the US champion at the moment? Bobby Lashley. I am the best US champion. No, you're no. No, you're no. Look at the history books, fella. There's no fucking chance you're the best US champion. But they, they just go for this, you know, stereotypical heel stuff ever. It's It's like... It's like, I guess someone like, let's take it to a football perspective, someone like Crawford Bapte or Hamish French or 
some football for the first division turn up and going, I am the best football there is. We know that's not the case because Lionel Messi still lives in the planet. No, so David Bentner. Remember, what? David Bentner is the best. Or oh, was Nicholas Bentner? He's the Nicholas best. Nicholas Bentner. Yeah. What a lot of shite uh, he popped. God Almighty. He wasn't even the best Swedish player. He wasn't even the best player in the Arsenal team. Do when you know played. why he wasn't the best Swedish player, John? Because he was Danish. So <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>, he was. <laughs> and because Latan exists as well. That's why he's not the best Swedish player. There we go. So, yeah, just a note to heels, a note to wrestlers. Don't call yourself the best because you fucking aren't. I'd love a heel promo where he said, I'm the worst champion ever. But you still <laughs> yeah. can't get the belt off me because I'm champion and I'll do everything it takes to, yeah. to stay champion. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an average champion. I'm an average <laughs> champion. <laughs> it's back by Unpopular Demand. A little bit more refined this week. It's supposed to be a half hour. It went longer than WrestleMania 31 um, last week. And we um, enjoyed every single... Do you know what, Alex? We've had some excellent feedback on it. A lot of people have got in touch said, I really enjoyed the quiz part of the podcast, but we've refined it slightly and we thought we'd get the listeners involved as well. So, without further ado, I will hand over to your host, Alex, for WrestleMind the Buzznox. Welcome to WrestleMind the Buzznox week two. So, a uh, slightly more refined experience as John has brought up. So, we'll be asking the usual array of questions from anything to do with music in the world of professional wrestling. And so this week we are joined by our very first special guest, Mr. Stephen Roche. Stephen, how are we? Hey, thank you very much for inviting me, Do you have a particular mark you would like to go up against this week? Let's go against Gary. Yeah! Oh, he's taking on the... John does have, does come with a bit of a legacy, doesn't he? So, and my final question say, before we start, the, Take on the punching bag. <laughs> my final question before we start, Stephen, what is going to be your buzzer sound for if it is required later on in the quiz? <laughs> Break it, break it down. One of the old school. Excellent. So, so what? Yeah, Gary, what are you going to go for this week? Is your buzzer noise when required? I'll just shout marks. That's uh, that makes sense. Marks okay. might be the aye. I like it, Gary. You sound really enthusiastic. <laughs> so, before we get going, I just have one question, and that's: Are you ready to quiz? But this time, Yay! the answer is completely irrelevant because you're quizzing regardless. So. <laughs> Let's go in and go back to the well with our first round, which is good old Jim Johnson versus CFO. Now, because this is the second time we've done this, this week's theme is second themes. So first of all, we're going to have the Celtic warrior Seamus. We're going to have Jack Swagger and that horrible, annoying theme. And finally, Baron Corbin. So since this is the, the Mark's first week, Stephen, I think we should go to you first. So which one... Sorry, which composer do you think has written each of these three entrance themes? And this is their second versions, by the way. So. Uh, Seamus, I'm going to go with CFOs. Seamus, CFO, Jack Swagger. Swagger, I'm going to go with Johnson. And Baron Corbin. Cor Corbin, got the CFOs. So we have CFO, Jim Johnson, CFO, and Gary, what's your thoughts here? Similar thoughts. I'm going to go Johnson, Johnson, CFO, and can I get a bonus point if I tell you the vocalist of the third one? Uh, unfortunately not. <laughs> oh, but, uh, actually, do you know what? Who, who is the Go for it. Why not? The vocalist of Baron Corbin's uh, second theme tune is Tommy Vexed from the band Bad Wolves, who covered Cranberry's Zombie. There you go. And <laughs> well, so our answers. First up, Seamus. Number two was CFO. Jack Swagger was CFO. And of course, 
the final was Jim Johnson. So Gary, you can have your bonus point only because you got all three wrong. And Stephen will take the lead, having got Man. two out of three. Seamus <laughs> and Jack Swagger. Sorry, with Seamus oh. and Baron Corbin. <laughs> so I'm afraid you're one behind on the off. So Good moving stop. on to round number two. <laughs> this is a big question for three points. Now, I will want you to identify the wrestling link between the three following pieces of music. So we have The Greatest Show by everyone's favorite Kid Rock. We have Feeling Good by Flowrider, that annoying track that didn't go away that year. And finally, Control from Puddle of Mud that everyone remembers from back in the day. Gary, you're up first this time. What are we going for? What could be the wrestling connection? Oh, man. Um, Mine's has got to be very vague that they were all performed live at WrestleMania. There's one. Uh, Stephen, what's your thoughts here? The only connection I can think of is that they're all shite. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that connection, but I'm afraid that's not the wrestling-related connection here. I think it is the only one I, I can think think of is that they all at one point had uh, they had the themes the theme tune to either Raw or SmackDown. I'm going to say SmackDown. I can reveal that you're pretty close, Stephen. You're pretty close, but unfortunately, you're not correct. The correct answer was they have all provided themes to survivor oh, theories. Uh, I can so, give you a good wee quick story about Puddle of Mud. I went a night out with them, uh, and the singer done that thing. We were at Firewater after they played in the garage, and the singer done that thing to the bouncer because they couldn't get in because he was too drunk. I, Do you know who I am? And then we proceeded to go to the nearest Weatherspoons on Sucky Hall Street and the singer offered me and my mate $300 to start a fight with a bouncer of firewater to which we all stuck him back in the van and continued the night out with Puddle of Mud without him and the band Soil. That's <laughs> so, <laughs> funny. That uh, sounds like a win. <laughs> I remember P- Puddle of Mud's got the lead singer. He looks a wee bit like Edge, doesn't he? Aye, aye. Except uh, Edge isn't a wife beater. Uh, okay, I didn't realize that that was a thing. I maybe yeah. included a risque artist here, and I apologize. Oh, to everyone. I all right, it's wrestling. <laughs> so, so just in, just just in a quick summary. So, um, from 2017, we had Kin Rock, the greatest show on earth. From 2011, Flow Riders, good feeling because it was everywhere at that point in time. And 2001 was from Control Puddle of Mud. I also should point out I mentioned the word wife beat earlier, and I'm a journalist, so I want to say that I don't write for the Sun. so we're on to round number three every good piece of wrestling music needs a good wee hook now three of my favorites have been stone cold steve austin the glorious bobby Roode, and of course the man himself eddie guerrero with that lovely lovely line viva la rasa now what i want to know from the two of you is when did these wrestlers debut those particular theme tunes with those hooks. Now, I'm, I'm not evil, so I'm going to give you some hints here. So, Stone Cold was either 1996, 1997, or 1998. Bobby Roode was either 2002, 2016, or 2017. And Eddie Guerrero was 2002, 2003, or 2004. Stephen, what we got? Uh, Stone Cold, it's either 96 or 13, he was, he was definitely using it then, and that was 97. Did he start using 97? I'm going to say 97. So 97, just, just give me all three, just give me all three for speed. All right, uh, Rude, so when did they in NXT? I'll say 2016. And 
Eddie Guerrero. Uh, this is Viva La Rasa when the one he was most pre- the one he yeah, was Viva La Rasa lie, cheat, steal lie, cheat, steal uh, uh, I'll go 03 for that one go for 03 Mr Cassidy I was along the same thinking with Stone Cold first thing I thought was 97 but I'm thinking did he debut it at the end of 96 and maybe it's just that I'm remembering 97. I'm going to also go 97. Uh, I think that's the safest bet. Bobby Roode, I remember he debuted at Download Festival uh, in NXT and I think it was 2016. I'm sure it was the year before I went. Um, so I'm going to say 97, 2016 and 2002 for Eddie Guerrero. I, I can reveal that... Stone Cold Steve Austin was oh. October 1996, I believe. Bobby oh, Roode was obviously at NXT in August 2016. And Viva La Rasa was debut- debuted in February 2004, just after Eddie won the championship from big old Baroque boy there. So that means you both got 97 wrong, you both got 16 correct, and then you both got Eddie incorrect, I'm afraid. So Gary stays on two, well, moves to two points, and Stephen is in the lead on three, moving into... Name those lyrics. So remember at the beginning of this, I asked you for your buzzer sounds, gentlemen. (laughs) So if you want to come in before I finish reading the lyrics, you can hot tag yourself in, but a mistake (laughs) will most like will get you eliminated from the round. So here we go. You got your rules and your religion all designed to keep you safe. But when rules Uh, start getting... Gary? Randy Orton. <laughs> Good old Rev Theory. Sounded like. Of course, it is our current reigning, defending, Scottish beating WWE <laughs> champion, Randall Keith Orton. I think I've maybe went slightly too obvious this week, and I really struggled to not read it out in the theme of Randy's music, which I think was my mistake there. So, Stephen, I apologize for that. If 2020 was a wrestler, they'd be Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, here we go. We've come all the way through. I'm glad you pointed this out before we get to the final round, which is the inverted polarity bonus round, oh, where I'm going to be playing you the first 20 seconds of a superstar's entrance music, and I want you to tell me what it is. And once again, hot tag rules apply. So if you think you know what it is, please shout in with your buzzer before we get there. This is the last round. Gary's currently in the lead. So, Stephen, you need this. You need this to take the first week's quiz. So, here we go. Was that, John, can you be, was that, was that Gary? Gary just got in there first. Okay, I was an independent adjudicator. Gary, who do you think it is? Bailey. Do you know, I was certain that when I first heard that, it was that fucking Owl City, uh, It's Always a Good Time song <laughs> when it was playing backwards. Was like, <laughs> maybe that's what it took. <laughs> Unfortunately not. So the final scores on the doors is Mr. Cassidy has this week taken it down with seven points, just ahead of Stephen, who's just behind him there on five. So a win in that round would have taken him to the front. So Gary, how do you feel about your inaugural quiz win? I've made it a bit more respectful than it was or respectable than it was last week because last week I was horrendous. So uh, 
So I keep up with the new songs. I'm doing all right with them. I know a wee bit of Randy Altman, Bailey. Uh, what that says about me, I don't know. But Stephen, do you have any words of commiseration to shoot at Gary's way? Expletives <laughs> would be encouraged. <laughs> Randy Orton's doing a fine job of pissing off Scotsman these past couple right. of weeks, aren't they? Well, Alex, thanks very much for Alex. And by the way, Alex, can I just ask you a question? Have you got a have you got higher maths? Um, yes. Can you count to five? Yeah. Oh, Gary, Stephen only got four points, didn't he? No, 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 because you can't count to five questions. That was about ten. No, that was five <laughs> questions. There was three rounds, five, but some of them had Alex, split point Alex, questions. Alex, there was five sections. There was five sections. There was not five questions, my friend. Ah, but it was considerably quicker than last week. Yeah, it was considerably quicker. There you go. So, like, just just you take your wins where you can get them, John, right? Just you simmer down over there in the corner. <laughs> WrestleMind the Buzzcocks will be back more refined next week. <laughs> <laughs> So every week on Wrestling Daft and March, we take a look back at the big shows from across the week and we basically pick out the good bits and the bad bits from the show. I do NXT, Alex does AEW, Gary does Raw because he stays up ridiculously late on a Monday night. And we always get a guest mark on to do Smackdown and this week's guest mark, it's Chris Jack. How you doing, Chris? I'm not bad, Phil. I'm not bad. Uh, pumped to be making my, my second appearance on the podcast Yep, we were so, just discussing that. We realised you, you've done the running before on the main show, but you've never done the buddies and putovers on the Mark show. Um, that's it, yeah. If people haven't heard before, you're actually a proper wrestler. Well, proper's maybe uh, hyping it <laughs> a wee bit much. Uh, I am currently uh, two years into to training to be a pro wrestler over here in Northern Ireland, uh, currently with Titanic Wrestling. Uh, so you keep counting the number of matches uh, that I've uh, had on probably one in a bit of hands uh, and count the number of victories on probably less than a finger. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I'm doing well with it as and when we can, can get to grips with it. Uh, we get back into training at the end of August there uh, and then when they put the four-week lockdown into place uh, a couple of weeks back, that's sort of kibosh that. I was already on a, a two-week hiatus due to a, a work thing anyway, so it's probably been about six, five, six weeks since I've last uh, run the ropes and uh, I was itching to get back to it. But who knows when we'll be able to? And your your gimmick it's Kurt Cooper's your, your um, work name, um, and you get you've got a kind of journalism gimmick, haven't you? Yeah, so uh, it stemmed, you know, uh, I think I mentioned last time I was on, uh, I'm sort of like a diet Gary, uh, where uh, you know my my gimmick is that I'm a, a dot sheet writer, you know, uh, try to get the, the best news and views coming out of Northern Irish wrestling and, and beyond. But uh, this summer has proven that the Northern Irish and Irish wrestling scene is a bit of a, a minefield to be navigating as a journalist. Uh, so I've kind of wrapped my, my wee shoot podcast that I do, uh, so my work podcast that I do, uh, uh, for the time being, just till all that kind of settles down yeah. uh, and just getting back to enjoying wrestling for, for what it is. Absolutely, absolutely, it's the best way. So thank you very much for coming on, um, you're going to do Smackdown for us, but first of all, let's go back to Wednesday night's AEW Dynamite with Alex. Well, normally I like to start off with a little rundown of some of the more interesting events from Dynamite this week, but it was Drunk Alex who was in charge of the Dynamite notes this week, and instead <laughs> he has he has a really important question. He's been He's taken a little leaf out of Detective Gary's book. So the question is, who did it first, Team Taz or the Hurt Business? 
as the longer the storyline is going on, I'm seeing more similarities. Taz is now talking about money. You've got MVP and Taz as like the older star. You've got Lashley and Cage, both very similar, mm -hmm. both holding a championship. Then you've even got like the Cedric storyline that's kind of like going on just now with them and trying to recruit. And then Darby is ricochet. So. It is, isn't it? Is it, it? It seems to be... I would say WWE did it first. Gary. Yeah, like that's the thing. The Hurt Business did it all first. And yeah. I'm just seeing a lot of the Hurt Business is starting to come through into Team Taz now. But maybe that was just Drunk Alex, but I think he might have a point. I think you have a very valid point now. But right, onto the onto the actual barriers and putovers. So uh, put over number one. I would like to put over every single member of the inner circle for different reasons. So first of all, you've got to give your kudos to big old Jake Hager for his big Bellator win and turning up in AEW tights for all that sweet, sweet marketing. <laughs> Big win by split decision against someone that had not won a fight, but okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just trying to run with it, Harry. Run with it, right? Don't ask questions. It's fine. Um, then we had Sammy Guevara bringing back like a nice, that kind of newfound intensity if we're allowed to like Sammy Guevara again. Ortiz pretty much telling... MGF, he was a dick, and Santana just looking classy in that jacket. But most importantly of all, Chris Jericho finally gave us what I've been waiting for for weeks, and that's goddamn story development. We now have matches. It now makes some sense whatsoever, but it was all done very well. It was a great re-segment when they had the, con the confrontation, and the crowd made a big difference. And of course, the big wow factor, as <clears throat> always, is Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Always Eric Bischoff. Always Eric Bischoff. Always. Um, That's what kind of pulled me back into that feud. Like after the last week with the the debonair dinner the, and all the the hijinks with that, it was kind of like, where is this going? Hmm. Kind of like took me off the path of it. But then watching the uh, the the two of them go at it and the uh, with Bischoff and then the the culmination of it, you know, the two of them just getting riled up and MGF, you know, forcing his point home. That that kind of brought me right back into that story. Yeah, exactly. And Bischoff has answered the right questions. Like he wasn't there for just fluff, which I quite liked. And we even got like Tony Schiavone getting annoyed at Jericho and shouting at him, which was also a nice little touch. But it's saved that storyline for me a little bit. And I've found that they can seem to, I don't know, tread water a little bit in the run up to pay-per-views. Like they seem to maybe pull the trigger on their feuds a little bit too early. So they have this little kind of like moot point, like kind of bland period in between. Because, like, moving on from that point, I pretty much have no buries this week. So wow. I'm going to use my bury from this week as, like, a preemptive bury for full gear on Saturday, right? Yeah. I'm going to bury the fact that FTR versus the Bucks is not going to be the main event, even though it should be. Because it's mm. maybe not the best build, but it's got the most storyline to it. And as much as I like the Eddie Kingston stuff, I do feel as though that's a little bit filler or throwaway. Yeah, just, I'd agree. Yeah. But I don't think they'll do it. And I think it would set a good precedent from them compared to WWE to put a tag match in a main event position. Yeah. I think it's a booking thing because I think, I don't think he's going to do it. But if Eddie Kingston wins, then I think it's the right decision to have it as the main event. But Eddie with Kingston. my prediction, oh, I, my if, prediction is that he's Eddie not going to win. So. See if they put it to like the pre-main event and Eddie Kingston wins. Imagine how surprised everyone will be. Like it'll throw everyone off the scent. Like, with the box match, originally I was quite annoyed they put this stipulation on. Oh, that that was that. Oh, yeah. That's nice. that's like the Cody stipulation. Now I think they're going to win. Like it's making me think they're going to win. It's yeah, the Bucks are winning. The Bucks no, are winning. I, I think the Bucks are winning. I. Bucks are winning. I didn't think the Bucks are winning that originally, but now I think they are winning, which I think is the right decision. But 
it just seems a bit silly. But moving on, second put over for put over of the night. That lumberjack match. That is the first lumberjack match I have legitimately enjoyed in about twenty years. So what have they been doing to get lumberjacks matches so wrong in every other uh, promotion that I've seen? Like the only bad thing about that uh, match was that it isn't the best Cody versus Orange Cassidy match we've seen. Yeah, exactly. And I can't even bury the ending because it was John Silver was the man that came in and did the stupid little run in for the stupid finish. And you can't bury John Silver because John Silver is excellent at everything that he does. So, I mean, it wasn't actually my match of the night. And I think I'm going to surprise everyone here when I say my match of the night was not Kenny Omega versus oh, Penta L0. I, I, <laughs> I thought I actually preferred Adam Page versus Wardlow personally. I thought it told more of a story. The double box shot was badass. I've seen both Kenny and Penta do a lot better. Not not that it was, it was fine, but I think expectations were so high and they can both produce better. I I thought Wardlow was great in that match. Every time you see him, I think he just gets more and more impressive. He's one of the ones that you should put, everybody mentions of Orange Cassidy, despite him not being actually young, but being quite young to, you know, the mainstream audience. Orange Cassidy and, you know, Darby Allin, Sammy Guevara. Hank Wardlow is going to be a massive breakout star. Hank, he's up there with like your jungle boys and all that. Hank, he could be like future world champion material. I'm legitimately surprised how good he has become in the ring. Like, I was quite worried when they put him in that cage with Cody initially, but if he held his own, he did fine, and he's just come from strength to strength since. Yeah, good one. Um, Well, let's move on to NXT, and it was Halloween Havoc, and we all got that with Shotzi constantly putting on that voice and screaming that did my head in. she pulled out the fucking saw. She She did the saw, and she angle grinded. It was cool. Yes, you did do the angle ankle riding or so that was that was cool. But no, I thought it was a really you know, it goes to show and I think this is the big difference between AEW and WWE. When WWE do a production, they do it full on, you know, and the set looked brilliant. Um, apart from that big pumpkin, inflatable pumpkin, which was great because Johnny Gargano uh, stuck a knife through it, which was brilliant because that looked horrible. I, I think they've bought that, put it up and went, that looks pure shite, let's just destroy it in the first I think, I, that's, <laughs> you know I think that's exactly what's happened as well. I thought it was, it was great. It was really, really good. Um, lots to put over from the show. Um, where did you start? Uh I could, I could talk about the fact the guitarist uh, playing Damien Priest down to the, the ring uh, was playing a flying V, which, you know, hats off to that. There like, um, was also the Dimebag Daryl flying V. I think it had that. Oh, did thing. it? Yeah, I, it had the, the, the Dimebag Daryl print, and I think it had the head as well, the spike. Yeah. No, it's cool. But let's uh, start off with Pat McAfee again. I don't know how many times I have to talk about how good he is on that mic and just, you know, just the little nuances that he throws in, just little things like I went home in my private plane and stuff like that. It's just little bits and bobs that make him so more detestable as a heel. And I think he's great. I, you know, kudos. And, you know, obviously it was a big, with um, Ridge um, getting injured, there was a bit of a, a last minute substituting to put Pete Dunn into the kind of role that I guess he was set to play. But, Ridge, um, sorry, Pete, I think it's going to be great in that role, and it's just great to see Pete back on screen and having something really good to do. And he looks you know, so trim. like he's Aye. he's lost so much weight. Like I always thought he was a bit, he, he was chunky, but not it was like solid. But now he's just, trim. yeah, 
No, a wee side note about uh, Pete Dunne. I got a nice wee um, gallery of images sent for WWE UK this week where the NXT UK superstars visited uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to do that. It's like the Dare Skywalk or something. Yeah, and they gave, yeah. they gave a couple of tops. Trent Seven had one that said Trent Seven. Pete Dunne's had one that said Bruiser Eight. And I'm like, oh, oh that's brilliant. That's <laughs> that, is, that is good. That is good. But no, he's, I think he'll... I think, obviously, it's all geared up for war games where it's going to be the, the four of them versus... Versus um, the, the undisputed era, so that'll be cool. I don't have we got a faction. We've not got a faction names for it yet, have we? No, I don't think they can figure out the alliteration just yet. I know, Pats I was just because uh, he's paying them all. Pats, to do with <laughs> I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll come up. They'll come up with something ridiculous. But yeah, no, I, I think as I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. It's uh, supposed to be some sort of security thing, surely. If it's McAfee, you know, he's getting. <laughs> <laughs> the antivirus or something like that. That's the antivirus. That's the The antivirus is absolutely what it's going to get called. Um, I've got a buddy. Um, Candice not getting the belt. It's you know he retained, and that's for me is the wrong decision. You know Gargano won earlier on the night. Unless I don't know if it's obviously building story, but it was time for Candice to have that belt, which has worked so hard in in the brand. And you know it was it was building, 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 and I think she should have she should have had the belt. I'm telling you, they watched Bound for Glory and went, "Oh no, Impact got their first with the couples holding the titles. We can't do it. We can't pull that trigger." Do you think? Uh, do you know what? I wouldn't put, uh, wouldn't put past them, <laughs> but I think it, I think it. You know, it's something that they need to happen. I was really disappointed that she didn't. Great. I mean, obviously, he was Eo and she's superb, but no, I think it was about time to put the strap on. Um, Candice and uh, my other Cameron Grimes. I used to think he was shit and used to hate him and thought I was uh, just such a ripped off guy. But with every growing week, he just gets so more brilliant. The whole haunted house match thing, it was just ridiculous. You know, zombies coming into the ring and all that sort of stuff. But Cameron Grimes acting it is just brilliant. You know, he's got my, I was watching the, I was watching it and my, my daughter kind of came in. She goes, Why is that wrestler fat? I thought this was oh, come on. It's got, but then you notice he's got this tremendous beer belly. Next time you watch an NXT, look at Cameron Grimes' beer belly. And just him running the way the way he kind of ran running down the street was absolutely brilliant. Um I just love the way he says Cameron Grimes all the time. I love that as well. He's, he's one of the ones that when he got signed, because I'd watched him in Impact and I thought he was a good talent, but when he got signed, I was like, ugh. I'm not that excited about this, but the way he's taking on that persona, I just think, oh man, uh, you've you've grown into that role brilliantly. I wasn't really sold on him that much either until the the ladder match oh, the, oh, a couple yeah. months back. Yeah, uh, and although he didn't do like the most like spectacular stuff in that, he, he did enough in it to you know grab the attention and you know make me want to like keep watching out for him over the next few few months of that. Proper I think all the stuff with the small ladder that they were doing around it really helped his character. Ah. Like going into that match, he was the biggest over character anyway. Yeah, I'm no, waiting for John's match of the night because I'm going to be uh, devastated if it's not what I think it is. Oh, really? Really? Um, I know. It, it was. It was. I really enjoyed the pay per view, but uh, match of the night. I've got. I've got. I've got to go. Priest Gargano. Good. Oh that's no! The right call. Yes, oh. ten points. Did I you, was between the two women's matches, but for me, Ripley, Reina Gonzalez was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, 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 do you know what, Gary? You're, you're right. I mean, I, I've got to go Priest Gargano because it, it was it, it was it was good. I mean, I, Devil's Playground match and all that kind of non, nonsense about it. But 
yeah, Ripley. Spot at the end, the toss off the top of the ramp was just beautiful. Yeah, and super kicking the mechanical skeleton that was in the coffin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> running off the wheel and all that stuff. I mean, you know, because Johnny Gargano hates wheels, which I fucking think is one of my favorite quotes. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. But I'm really excited about, you know, the, the, the Ripley Gonzalez stuff because it's just two big, strong women. You know, you've not seen athletic, strong, big women like that really go at it. I don't think you ever really have. I mean, you've seen your Nia Jackson and all that stuff, but these are two big, tall, strong, athletic women, like Beth Phoenix, like Beth Phoenix. They can Phoenix. wrestle, unlike Nia and they, Yeah, and they can wrestle. <laughs> um, so, no, it, it's really exciting for that stuff, that going forward as well. So, you know, that's not the last we've seen of that. So, um, yeah, that will just grow and grow and grow. But, I no, you're right to point that out, Gary, but I'm going to have to go for Priest Gargano. Uh, as my match of the night. Uh, let's go over to SmackDown and Friday night with Chris. Yep, so I, I wouldn't normally uh, catch SmackDown in full. Uh, I don't have BT Sport, uh, so I rely on the ever-reliable mob to go uh, to catch up on a, a Saturday morning, and it's always out of sync or freezing and whatnot. Uh, so the only reason that I managed to watch the full episode this week was because I managed to get on Thunderdome, oh, uh, which was... Nice. Uh, quite an experience. Never saw myself on it once at all. Uh, and trying to, you know, cheer quietly while I've got a, a wife and a, a five-year-old up the stairs. I never thought I would be getting on the screen anyway. But it's it's just a bizarre, bizarre way of, of watching it. It's like, you know, referencing it to like my wrestling training, you're just constantly selling. That, that's all you're, you're, you're selling for, you know, the, the whole two hours. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, boo, cheer, all this kind of stuff. So, that, and I was getting to the stage where was like, there's only too many times I can, you know, give a thumbs down or, or whatever on it. But uh, the, the show itself was was pretty decent. Uh, the, the action in the ring was certainly a lot better than uh, the majority of the, the segments, I thought. Uh, but, uh, you know, overall, it was, it was a fairly decent show. Uh, my first uh, put over, I think, is that just that this continuation of uh, Roman Reigns just breaking Jey Uso, just absolutely <laughs> killing him inside. You know, the, the promo at the at the start where, where Jay's pretty much in tears and, and slathering at him, you know, I hate you, I hate you. Uh, and Roman's just like, I love you, man. You know, <laughs> just giving him that, that back. Just You could just feel it and then... Obviously, at the, the end of the night where he just snaps on, on Daniel Bryan as a result of it and just absolutely decimates him because uh, he's just absolutely fed up of the the, the chief uh, chiefing him, basically. Do you, think that was, do you think that's the right way to go, guys? I'm just putting there as an advocate here. I just thought I thought there might be, I actually thought might the Jimmy might go align with Roman and then kind of Jay was on his own. I thought that's the way they might have went with it. But I think I, they... I think they've maybe done it a wee bit earlier than I was maybe anticipating on it, because uh, certainly I wasn't expecting it on, on Friday night. I wasn't expecting it to happen in that way. But, you know, it's just, it's it's pushing the fact that, you know, yeah, Jay's had that. He's had the, the massive beatdown off Roman. He's had the, the hell in the cell where, you know, he's, his brother's been brought into it and, and that's made him quit. So he's, he's literally at the end of his tether now. And he's just, you know, kind of beat him, join him kind of thing. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that that whole thing and the way to bookended the show as well. You know, you had it at the start, nothing in the middle, and then at, at the end of it, it kind of it kept you hooked as to you know what was gonna what was, the way it was gonna play out. Uh, My favorite thing about that storyline, I think, um, like it's probably the most watchable thing in WWE the new. Anyway, I think they're both doing brilliant work. But for me, with any storyline, the first thing I think is 
what's it going to do for one of the people in it? I think this storyline has made both the people in it. Like, it's just, obviously, Roman Reigns was already brilliant anyway, but it's just solidified him with the crowd because of the heel stuff. And Jey Uso's been absolutely fantastic in it. I just think we know more about the Usos after that than we've known maybe five years or six years or whatever they've been in WWE. I think it's even longer than that, but I think we know more about them now, and it's just made them all look brilliant. It's made everybody look amazing coming out of it. It's going to be intriguing to see how much they can carry the momentum post the induction of the Usos and where it goes from right. there round about TLC because you're setting up for another big gimmick match as well at that point. So you know it's it's definitely been one of the, the stronger storylines. Uh which leads on to my my big buddy which is trying to put Lars Sullivan into some sort of storyline where they're supposed to give a fuck about him. Yeah. Uh, that was that like I know that I was on a on a par between you know Barry and the, the Murphy kissing the Leah segment which was horrible in its own way. But like, if you're bringing in Lars Sullivan, a guy who the internet hate because of whatever reasons and, and whatnot, uh, and instead of making him the monster that everybody wants to hate, you're trying to humanise him by you know giving you know he's you know he was bullied at school and all this kind of stuff. But they've just done that with Braun Strowman. You know they they've just had that on the it was either one of the, the untold things or one of the chronicle things where you had Braun Strowman crying down the camera. It's like. You don't want to see these monsters. Fair enough, you know, that kayfabe's dead and, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, if you're putting on <clears throat> a TV programme about a guy being called the freak and all this, I, I don't want a sob story. I want him to embrace being that freak. I want him to, like, go out and, you know, freak the fuck out every day, you know? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to see Can him... start get... using that? Let's go and let's see him freak the fuck out of someone. <laughs> Michael exactly. Stone's new favourite catchphrase. You know, I, I, I don't want to see Corey Graves... You know, trying to be Michael Parkinson with him. I want to see him just absolutely ripping through all the jobbers that they can they can get. I want him to be a monster. I want him to be an asshole. I don't want to feel sympathetic for him. And I just think like the like I don't think it came across well at all. I mean, it came across that he looked absolutely massive next to Corey Graves. Like he looked like he looked like an absolute beast. But no, I just I, I didn't like the segment at all. No. I think they done this thing a couple of years ago with Nia Jax and it worked really well with the full bullying mm. thing and then that's why she decimates everybody and then they've went, ah, just copy and paste it. <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> it really doesn't work for everybody. So that, that, that was my, my one my, my one buddy kind of side uh, mixed in with the, the Aaliyah and Murphy thing. Uh, and my other put over was just how high Montez Ford can get flung. <laughs> like the the the, the spot with Cesaro where they he basically like they chucked him up to the moon and back, you know they must have had some sort of like like crash mat or something behind that barrier there because there's no way he's getting he was near enough like higher than the the top rope like from the floor and just taking that massive bump, but just everything that Montez Ford does I think he spends more time in there than he does in the canvas he's just phenomenal. Do you think if they ever break up the street profits, they'll start selling Air Ford merch everywhere? <laughs> oh, yeah. Seller. I'd buy that. I would buy that. <laughs> so would I. So WWE, don't break up the street profits, but when you do... But when it's like, it. instead of like the Jordan sign, it's like him kind of frog splashing. Aye. Oh, that would be a beautiful thing, wouldn't it? Be awesome. And also, uh, I'm a, a massive Marvel uh, fan as well, so seeing the, the street profits come out in Claret and Amber, <laughs> um, I really hard for it as well. Uh, so that was uh, my my other put over. But again, you had the likes of you know uh, Bailey confronting Sasha as well. I thought that was a, a really good uh, wee segment. Uh, Bailey coming out and you know basically get 
trying to get Sasha to prove that she can actually hold on to a title. You know, she can have a title defence. Uh, I, I liked all the, the nuances they, they had in that as well. Uh, so, I it was, it was an enjoyable show to watch. Uh, my match of the night, uh, Kevin Owens v Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I thought that was absolutely solid for like the, the, the two segments that it ran through or whatever. Uh, it's good. Uh, when you're coming into Survivor Series season, it's good to see these matchups because you don't really know how they're going to go. Because, you know, we, you don't know what, who the heel team's going to be, who the face team's going to be, that kind of thing. So I, I would have, you know, gone into that, I would have said, you know, Ziggler would have probably won uh, with help for Bobby Roode. Uh, but the other way round, uh, put uh, Kevin Owens over. And that, uh, the pop-up Feymaster uh, spot as well. That, oh, was, yeah, that, that was, was class. That was beautiful, yeah. That was, really that was the, the one that nearly woke uh, the wee girl uh, when it was, <laughs> uh, was popping for the, the Thunderdome. It was, it was just a really, really good good bit. And I'm always impressed with Kevin Owens. Uh, being a bit of a heftier lad uh, in the ring, I know how hard it is, you know, for my cardio is somebody that's only been doing it a couple of years, but for the guy of own size to do the stuff that he does at the pace that he does it, uh, I've, I've got a big appreciation for, for seeing the bigger guys like him, Samoa Joe, that kind of thing. So, uh, always good to see KO get the get the win. Past two, past two months, Owens has been absolutely brilliant. It was ever since that match, I think it was the street fight against uh, Alistair Black. I'm mm. like, man, something's lit a fire under him because he's putting on like, the, the work he was putting on two years ago. He's always been good, but I'm like, no, he's just, pff, I'm loving watching him now. Yeah. Right, let's move on to Raw uh, from last night. Gary, did your candles experience improve the experience of Raw? Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. Um, even with a beer and some candles, it was still not the best show. Uh, it wasn't completely terrible, though. There was some stuff I really enjoyed. Annoyingly, the stuff that I enjoyed is stuff that I think I'm tuning in to watch every week and nothing else is really doing it. So... I think I'd, I've been putting this over for the past few weeks now, but the, the Bray Wyatt, Alexa Bliss stuff, it got a wee bit ridiculous last night and it was still really good. They're still just both putting on brilliant work, particularly Alexa Bliss taking on a new role. I think she's just doing amazing stuff. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Really enjoy everything they're doing with it. And even though I'm not that interested in Bray Wyatt v Randy Orton, I think they're just doing everything right with it. So that for me is the probably... Like Roman Reigns on SmackDown, that's probably the reason I'm tuning in to Raw the news to watch what they're doing. However, <laughs> However. Uh, I, the, the Berry obviously goes back to something that happened with them a couple of weeks ago, and it's retribution. Uh, I feel like this is becoming Anyone weekly surprised? as well. I, well, I'm essentially just copying and pasting these for the past few weeks, uh, but Retribution, they've got merch now, if anybody cares, uh, available on the WWE shop, like all good, you know, terrorising uh, groups. I have. really, really want to know what their merch sales are like in comparison oh. to like, I don't know, like the B team and some of these like really low, I'd imagine would be really low <laughs> the, the design, I think the design's pretty good as well, but I mean, they'll just, they've not built them in a way that anybody would want to buy the merch. Um, so Retribution, ah. Uh, they didn't even really, they appealed last night, but they appealed after something that's going to be my next bury, so I'll not really mention it, but they appealed after that, and they just didn't, nothing was good about it, uh, nothing was, the only good thing about it is I think, like, every time I see, and this isn't even a good thing, every time I see Mia Yim, I'm like, man, you're really talented, you should be just Mia Yim on Raw, you'd be brilliant yeah. as Mia Yim on Raw, um, and also, like, going back to, John, what you said about, um, Pat McAfee. If you had Pat McAfee managing Dominic Dijakovic, that'd be brilliant. 
Yeah. But not we've got retribution. So uh, so I they'll just nothing's staying it for me. They're booking them really badly, and I just don't think it's gone well at all. Uh, and I'm bad for Ali as well. Like I oh. know you were excited when they like pulled them in and they tied up the SmackDown hacker stuff as loosely as they possibly could anyway. But it feels like it's just a waste of him, and this is not the storyline anyone wanted no. him. Wanted Everything they do with him off a of TV is brilliant. They've been putting up a lot of these social media clips, and I'm like, man, you're so good at just talking and talking me around to a story and he's making me believe in retribution until i watch raw and then it all gets undone um but that, that wasn't even the worst berry this week the worst berry and i, I, I we mentioned a, a few times i hate the word buried i absolutely despise the word buried i think you need to go a long way before somebody's buried and i don't think retribution still are yet i'm, I'm still clinging on to that they're not quite buried yet they're close this next they're, they're pretty damn close i'm not going to let you away with that next week, gary because <laughs> I, think, I think you might be getting wrong on that i uh, we'll see how it goes but uh but undeniably one person was buried last night and hopefully they got unburied tucker why? Oh, <laughs> well, you knew that was going to go that way, Gary. That shouldn't be a surprise. But they could have at least given him a couple of weeks. Who did they job him out to? Tucker appeared after not getting an entrance in the ring. I didn't even recognise him at first. Competing against Ricochet <clears throat> in a match that lasted 34 seconds, belt to bell. And Tucker, they've cut off his long hair. It seems like he's... I, I thought he had really dark hair. His hair looks kind of dark red now, something like that. He's not got like any kind of anything on his top half. He's got a few tattoos and stuff, which I didn't even notice before. But he's wearing like weird skin fit tracksuit bottoms with Knight on the back, which I guess he wore on NXT before when it was Tucker Knight. And then he's got wrestling boots under them, but not like you kind of notice the wrestling boots. They just look like trainers or like bowling shoes, more like. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, they even presented them everybody until I put up a photo on social media everybody thought it was an enhancement talent seemingly apart from they flashed like Tucker on screen once but it was obviously not in the ring long enough for anybody to realise who it was they just didn't give him any character development it was on main event last week I don't know if he was wearing the same attire or if it was in the heavy machinery gear but it just seems like it seems like they've just gave up with him, which I was really hoping they wouldn't do. And the first thing I thought was I wish Raw Underground was a thing. One, because it would break up the show, but two, because they would have something to do, because they seem to like chucking like underutilised tag team guys into Raw Underground, but they just he's buried. That's one guy that I, I don't ever say anybody's buried. They well and truly buried him last night and they're going to need to do a lot of work to unbury him. All right, okay, match tonight, then, Gary. I don't think we're going to do that amount of work, let's be honest. Nope. I, I had one more uh, put over just to balance out, and that's just, yeah, again, copy and paste for last week, the way they're uh, the way they're using a few people, and it's Drew McIntyre, Elias, The Hurt Business, and New Day. I think they're just using them all very well. I'm enjoying watching them and not enjoying much else apart from them and Alexa Bliss and uh, Bray Wyatt on Raw, so, <laughs> so they're at least doing something right. Match of the night was a tough one because there was two, again, that were brilliant. There was an amazing tag team match between the New Day and the Hurt Business. And there was a brilliant triple threat match between Sheamus, Keith Lee and Braun Strowman. I think the tag team match just edges it. And it's one of the ones I thought it was a title match at first because they seemed to, they had said it was a non-title match, but they seemed to build it like a title match. And the Hurt Business won. I was like, on oh, your champions. And then I went, oh no, wait, non-title match. But the fact we're going to see it again because, you know, uh, champions being pinned 
I don't mind because they were just brilliant, brilliant match, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again probably about 20 times because that's what they do with tag teams. Of course, because there's no other place to go in the tag team division. Um, Chris, thanks very much for coming on um, and doing uh, the buddies and putovers with us. I know what these chaps are. say just uh, good to be talking wrestling with, with people uh, as I've not seen my wrestling buddies for, for six or seven weeks. <laughs> well, you're welcome back <laughs> anytime, my friend. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Uh, and if you want to get your buddies and putovers in for the main show, Grado is off this week, uh, but Rab will be holding the fort. If you want to get the buddies and putovers in for Rab, you can do that on the, all the usual places at Wrestling Daft on Twitter, Wrestling Daft Podcast on Instagram, and just plain old Wrestling Daft on the Facebook. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. Or Cassidy, as I should be calling you, right? Right. Uh, both names back. I'm doing well. There we go. There you are. Uh, let's kick off with uh, big news from the women's division, both in AEW and um, NWA. Yeah. So Thunder. Yeah. Well, I Thunder Rosa. Uh, a lot of speculation as to where she might end up. Um, this is one that's been on the wee back burner for a while, and she's playing up to it nicely. Um, she put up a few wee photos, uh, kind of telling fans to, you know, guess where I might be going next. She had one where she pulled down her tights and had WWE, AEW, NWA written there. But Billy Corgan is saying she's still under contract with NWA through 2021. I always love that saying because you never know if through 2021 means until the end of, which is what I would take it, or just at some point randomly within the year. Um, but Alex McCarthy is saying that apparently um, Thunder Rosa was going to debut in NXT at the end of Halloween Havoc, which that would have been absolutely mental. I wonder if they had it under that ghost face mask. Um, but a few people are saying that, um, you know, maybe it was meant to be somebody else, most likely Indy Hartwell. It's a bit of an odd one. No one really knows where she's going to go. She gave me a wee follow on Twitter this week, which is good, but sadly in the interview yet. Um, and I don't think she'll tell me anyway. But I, good question, because she dropped the title to Serena Deeb last week, uh, the NWA title. Serena Deeb, of course, AEW talent. No one knows what's going to happen. I guess we'll uh, keep you tuned next week on that one. Yeah, we'll find out what's going on with that. And uh, some sad news um, from from sort of women's wrestling coming out as well, but Kylie Ray. Aye, so uh, a lot of speculation on this after she was meant to compete against Diona Perazzo at Bound for Glory. They advertised the match all the way up, and I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in the show, so I'll not retrack old ground too much. Um, but Sue Young took her place. A lot of kind of speculation as to why Kylie Ray wasn't there. She was at the tapings. She was there on the Friday. Didn't show up on the Saturday, but there was no real news as to why. Observer said it was an injury, then said it wasn't an injury. And then a lot of people had kind of feared that it was due to mental health reasons because she's been open about that in the past. Yesterday, via our Patreon, she released a statement, uh, again, not just the Patreons, public to everybody, saying that she's taken time away from social media, swiftly deleted social media, and stated that she's no longer a professional wrestler. So, name her Kylie Ray in the ring for now, but it's one of those ones that is kind of, you know, secondary to the fact that she is a human being. Health is more important. 
selfishly want to see her back in the ring, but, you know, definitely more important that she becomes well again because she did say that at the moment she's unwell were her words. So. Yeah, well, best wishes to her. Hopefully we'll all see her back in the ring at some point. Um, now, this is some, a story I love. It's WWE finally giving consistency and joining the dots up. We've, you know, we found out in a couple of weeks which excited you, Gary, about Ali being revealed as a hacker and there is more joining of the dots, which I love. This was fantastic, and it was just a shame they did they put it on Raw. Uh, <laughs> so, hi, Ali, uh, using that old Twitter uh, hacker gimmick that had been, you know, used to tease a lot of hacker stuff, uh, which I think is the message WWE or some kind of, some some conundrum of those uh, words put together. Uh, but, yeah, put up a video, and it was just Ali sitting there with the masks of all of Retribution, and he essentially said that he gave Retribution stupid names and stupid masks because he's been judged his full life on his appearance and his name and not being given opportunities because his name might not be as marketable as WWE and other people would like it to be. And the same for his appearance as in the colour of his skin. Absolutely phenomenal vignette and phenomenal promo. But did they make it to telly? Um, so everybody should go to his Twitter and check that out because it was absolutely fantastic. Who's, who's like the person who's doing the cutting floor in WWE? Because if something like that, that sounds like it's giving retribution some much needed context, doesn't make it. And then the crap that you talked about from Monday happens. I just... Do, just do you know what? It's a, get out, it's a get out cause for me. It's been set up as a get out cause so they can return to their um, former identities down the line. Yep. That's pretty much how I see it. I think that's what they need to do. They need to just come out and be like, we have gotten rid of these masks and we're actually these people. And you never saw that coming. Yeah, I think that's going to be. Um, and there's been a list being leaked of things that are banned from the Thunderdome. I, I love this because it wasn't even really leaked in the way that, you know, things get leaked. WWE accidentally leaked it. Uh, it was put in a, a video to kind of promote the way the Thunderdome has been used. Um, the Thunderdome, which won the Sportel Awards via the famous group that I keep mentioning on here. Uh, but yeah, this list of banned images, uh, photos that you should look out for appearing and then kick them out, uh, or the moderators kick them out. Um, quick run through, and this is by Heal by Nature, who do a lot of good work in terms of um, kind of copyright, uh, what you would say, when WWE apply for copyrights and stuff like that, but they put up this photo, kind of enlarged it, picked out the names, identified the people. So we've got logos for AEW, Impact, New Japan. Uh, then we've got Enzo Amore, <laughs> Kenny Omega, John Moxley, MJF, Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, Marty Skrull, uh, The Young Bucks, Chris Benoit, who appealed, of course, uh, CM Punk, Jim Cornette, Alberto Del Rio, Ryback, Ashley Mazzaro, superstar Billy Graham was the one I found weird, Vicky Guerrero, and then flags of Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Tibet. Yeah, yeah, because then they could, they could reveal the show to China if any of them came up. Oh, that would be exactly it. Yeah. I, no, I didn't even put that together. I was just like, why those specific countries? But I... Well, yeah, now you, know why, Kelly, now you know why. <laughs> because they cannot be freed in any way. Yeah. That's brilliant. I, I just love that. I just love that. A typical WWE stuff. Brilliant. Thanks for the news this week, Gary. Cheers. So it's interview time again on the show, and it's a big one. Um, we are speaking, or Gary is speaking, to Miro, a.k.a. Rusev. What did the man have to say? Aye, this was a brilliant one because it came completely out of the blue. Just got offered it by AEW. Would you like to speak to Miro? <laughs> of course I would no, like to speak to No, I would not. Miro. That sounds like a terrible <laughs> interview that's not relevant at the moment. Oh, I was just like... Uh, 
dumb question, but of course, yes, I want to speak to him. And uh, yep, one of those ones where I spoke to him about all the happenings in AEW, but of course, sneaked in the wee stuff that we all want to know about Lana going through a table and whether he has to blame for it, uh, and about Brock Lesnar maybe turning up. And my favourite part of all the interview was just talking to him about video game characters and saying which wrestler resembles this video game character the most, <laughs> which was uh, some brilliant stuff. So uh, Robotnik looking like the Butcher was the obvious one, but a load of other nice ones came up as well. Super. Well, here he is speaking to Gary Cassidy. It's Miro. And a very happy Miro Day to all of you. We were wondering who was best to inter- interview on Miro Day. And luckily, I think we found the best man for the job. It's AEW star Miro. How are you today? Wow, that was probably the greatest introduction I've ever had. <laughs> you plugged in every single thing that I do, which is very admirable for you, man. Thank you very much for doing that lovely entrance. Thank you. I definitely appreciate that. This is where it all goes downhill when we start asking the questions now then. <laughs> but I guess we'll get into it and see how upset I can make you. Hopefully not too much. First oh, things yeah. first, my favorite thing about Miro and AEW is for me, you're a blank canvas. You know, you've been in, or before now, you were in the same place for 10 years. You've never been on television in a wrestling format otherwise. How are you fitting in so far? How do you feel like Miro has has fitted into AEW? Um, I had a lovely, the first few months, it's just been so, uh, such a fresh air, you know, just to be able to perform and, and, and experiment if you must, or just go out there and just do you, man, at the end of the day. And it's been a great opportunity to do that because um, everything is up to us. You know, it's not, nobody's writing your stuff per se. Nobody's like pushing you in a certain directions. It's all about what you want and, and how creative you are. And, and the collaboration that you can make with, with Kip or with Tony Khan or any of these things. And, and it's been working so good, man. I just, I'm just loving my time there. Yeah, excellent. And I want to ask you about that debut in particular, because for me, so I'm someone that personally has very low expectations, which I think is rare in wrestling. When there was a surprise announced, I was like, well, obviously, I really would like it to be Miro, but it's probably not going to be. Then when it was, I was delighted. A lot of people, you know, wrestling fans can be a little bit always left wanting more kind of people where they're like, well, this was annoying, that was annoying. A lot of people wanted you to come in as a big destroyer, go through everyone, you know. They were annoyed that you wore your Mickey Mouse Gucci clothing. They were annoyed at this, annoyed at that. Looking back, are you happy with how you debuted? Unless, if I could have found the pink Mickey Mouse shirt, I would probably wore that. <laughs> That's why I'm not happy. If I could have found the pink Mickey Mouse shirt, I would have gone out with that. Because... I don't care what you think about my clothing. I don't care what you think about my gimmick. I don't think about, I don't care about, what, about any of these things because quite honestly, I don't care. I am the best man, man. You gotta understand that. I've been, I've been pushed down for way too long that all of a sudden to me to start listening to fans or to not even fans, because those are not fans. Those are just critics. Because fans just enjoy what you're giving them to them. And, but critics is completely different thing. And, I think what we have done, and, and it's just not the wrestling fault, but it's just as a society, we want a quick turnaround right away, right then and there. We don't, we, we, don't, we don't like waiting for episode to come week to week. We don't, we don't want to wait the 30 minutes. We don't want to even want to add for the ads. We don't want to wait for 30 second ads because we just 
want the final product right then and there. But if, if I come to AEW and become champion in day one, then it was going to be 90 other million people. They're going to be like, oh, well, look at this. He's another former WWE guy just coming and taking the title. And look, at we have Hangman Page and the Bucks and everybody else is just waiting for the opportunity. So you have that. So you can never, if you go by making fans happy, that's just impossible. That's why I'm going to do me because I know how to do me better than anybody else. Yeah, and I don't think you need a title because you've got the best title there is. You've got your television title, which is a monitor rather than an actual belt. So who needs a title anyway? Uh, but I have yeah. it somewhere here. <laughs> I, think it's always, I think it's put away, but I do have my, my yeah. uh, TV championship here. Yeah, so, well, that's like one of my things that, you know, for anyone who's watched your interviews, watched you on Twitch, they know that, on AEW, you're just being you, and that's, I think, the best thing right now. Of course, another reason you are being you is because you're not Rusev, you're Miro. I need to ask, was there ever any consideration of you changing your name before going back into wrestling? Were you ever thinking, oh, I don't want to be Miro, I would rather have a character, or was it just never a consideration? No, but and the only thing when I was joking, even when I was in WWE, I was like, oh, when I leave here, I'm going to be Rusev with double F. Um, but then then i thought this is just so petty because this is not me and i really wanted to be me because i believe we perform best when we feel most comfortable and i just feel more comfortable just being myself i i can play any role don't get me wrong but i feel like as human beings we don't just we're not waking up every day being bad we don't just you know go to the store thinking i'm gonna look mean and i'm gonna be bad we don't do that so I came in and I had nothing but good intentions. I was a nice guy, as you said. I had my Mickey Mouse shirt. I just wanted to have fun, man. Because after so long at one place, I just wanted to go out there and live for the moment. And the next thing you know, you know, Kip is there. I give him my, it's a wedding present. I give him this arcade. I don't know if you've seen that, but I give him yeah. this arcade. And I love video games because I grew up a video game fan. And I learned a lot from video games just for life's sake, not just for anything else. Um, like I was talking to that story the other day, like you don't, maybe you remember, I don't know how old you are, but when you were a kid growing up and you had Genesis, Sega or Nintendo, you couldn't save these games. So whatever you, on one sitting, you better beat this game because you can't save anything. So that teaches you as a kid, all these difficulties that you might meet, you just have to push through them. You got to learn how to be better instead now. I'm not saying the games are easy now, but all these games you save and you come back and you get another try and another try and another try. What back in the day was not like this, man. And I feel like I, I learned hustling and not giving up since I was a kid from video games as well. So there we are, we have this cabinet far away from the ring, far away from the ring. So I've been wrestling for quite a few years now. And I decided, you know, there's the ring. There's the, uh, the area outside the ring. You can fight, fine. Then you have a barricade. Then you have 20 people, you know, watching around the ring. And then you have another 15 yards. And then it's the arcade. The next thing you know, they go and break my shit. <laughs> now, I may be a nice guy, but once you damage on purpose a personal property, and not just a personal property, it's a gift. It's a gift for the man's first wedding. He's in love, man. 
and you're gonna break that, well, that's not gonna get, that's not just, that's not gonna go unnoticed or unpunished. And it's very unfortunate they had to come down to this way. But like I said, we don't just wake up mad all the time. I was a nice, happy guy, but this guy definitely was the straw that broke the camel's back. People will definitely see a, a meaner Miro at AEW going forward then, and, and you will be taking that anger out on some people. Um, I mentioned, you know, the way you're fitting into AEW. Obviously, there's a few familiar faces there, but there's a lot of new faces as well, a very different kind of place to where you've been before. What's been the biggest difference for you? What has been the what? The biggest difference between uh, where the you were before difference. where you are now. Yeah. Uh, the biggest difference, as I said, the creative freedom, the freedom, the freedom is different. It, it's there, but also the, the, the talent that we have in AEW is just unmatched. Uh, the styles that we have in AEW is unmatched. We have styles from all over the world. We don't have one particular style. We don't have one formula. We have every individual bringing their style of fighting, of performing, of wrestling. And we put that in AEW and we create the, the greatest professional wrestling show on the earth. Yeah, and I know you've spoken before. I know you love gaming. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. I want right now you to put your gaming hat on because I know you're a big Champ Manager fan. So yes. in Champ Manager, I think the best thing you can do is pluck someone from obscurity and they become the best in the world. In AEW... Who is the diamond in the rough? Who's the person that everyone should know about that they don't quite yet know about? Wow. So the, the other good thing about AEW, we give opportunities to everybody. You know, it's not, you don't see the same people on TV every week. You see, one day you see Dr. Luther, uh, you know, uh, main event in the show. The next week you see the whole um, bunch of different guys. Like, and you never see this in other promotions because... We give opportunities to everybody to shine. But who is the one man that is diamond in the rough, man? That's really hard to say because there's just too many. Uh, but we all know how good Ricky Starks is. We all know how good Kip Sabian is. We all know how good, you know, clearly Hangman. Hangman is a fantastic guy. I've never worked with him, just watching him. Um, but even people that people maybe forgot how good they are, like Colt Cabana, he's so good, man. He's been... He's been himself for so many years, and maybe maybe people don't notice that, but he's so good at what he does. And Matt Seidel, Serena Deep, like uh, who else? I said Ricky Stars. There's so many, like the Bucks, or oh, so many, so many talented people under one roof, and everybody wants to do great that night. We don't save anything. We don't say, hey, let's save it for the pay per view. Oh no, let's save it for this big. No, man. It's all right then and there. You give it all that night. And I think that's what makes everybody so special. There's no d diamonds in the rough. Everyone is a Galactico. Everyone's part of the Real Madrid team in AEW. <laughs> so uh, there's, you know, a little bit of speculation out there. It's kind of died down a little bit now, but I feel like I should still ask. You were recently a free agent. You landed in AEW. One man, there's been a lot of rumors that they are a free agent and no one quite knows is Brock Lesnar. Would you like to see Brock Lesnar in AEW? I mean, Brock is great. Brock, whatever he goes, he's an entity, right? He's, I mean, he's the, the show himself. He can be his own show himself. But I think, w would we benefit from it? I absolutely think we will. 
Do we need him? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's definitely a great answer. And another kind of outside of AEW thing, before we go back to AEW, you've been getting the blame of something recently that I don't quite know why you've been getting the blame of it. So I want to ask you about it. Your wife has um, made acquaintance with a certain announce table several weeks in a row. Everyone's saying it's because Rusev left. It's because Miro's in AEW. What are your thoughts on that? I don't book their shows. I have no idea. (laughs) All I know is that she's most likely tougher than anybody else on their roster. Because clearly that's the first time in history that's been done. And every single time she gets the fuck up. And, and keeps going, you know? She doesn't say no. She doesn't say, I don't want to do that. She doesn't sell. She, she's going out there and doing her job and doing her job to perfection. Because you can see in that ring when she gets that time, you can see who's who and who's been working and who's been sitting on their asses the whole time. And I'm so freaking proud of CJ, man, because she's proven that she's most likely the most talented and underrated person in the whole entire wrestling community. Yeah, we got to see a little bit of that last week in a match against Asuka, which I hope we get to see again. But we'll go back on to AEW. A couple of AEW questions and then a little fun one to end with. So Chris Jericho is a man I recently spoke to, and he said he's having the most fun of his life. What do you think of what Chris Jericho is doing in AEW right now? I think he's having the most fun of his life. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can just tell, man. And just being around him, you can just see that this is it for him. Like, he's not thinking of going anywhere else. He's not thinking about anything else. He's just 1,000% dedicated to AEW. He's giving it all out there. But he's not saving it all for himself. If you notice, the people that he's been working, he's been wrestling against, he had angles. It's all people that he's trying to bring up. You know, he's not trying to bury people per se, or he's not trying to, he's trying to bring talent that people haven't heard of, bring it up, let them see what they have and go from there. And I feel like this is very, you know, you don't see that in in veterans. uh, They do that all the time. But Chris, man, Chris is, the more you think, it's got to be one of the greatest of all time, just by the time he's put in the stuff that he's done that he keeps doing, innovating the game every day. I think, uh, Chris is definitely one of my top uh, uh, goals of all time. Definitely. Hard to disagree there. So before we move on to the last question, this one will lead in nicely to it. You, uh, before you joined AEW, you had said that you were going to become a professional gamer and that would be just what you'd be. I mean, you are a professional gamer, so you're, you were right, but it was almost a big loss to wrestling because we thought you might never step in a ring again. Mm. Was that a serious consideration? Did you ever think, I might just not wrestle again? I might just game and, and if I don't step in the ring again, that's that? No, wrestling is my love, man. I love wrestling. I just, and ever since I got released, I fell back in love with wrestling. Um, it just, wrestling, it, it can be so different. It can be so diverse. It can be so many different things. But I think what we're trying to do with what I was before was the same old, same old. And I was so tired of it. I was so tired of busting my ass, hitting a certain wall and going right back down. And I, don't, I didn't want to do that anymore. And I was really maybe, I wasn't sour towards the business. I was just like, maybe I was hurt by a lot of it. Um, but seeing how AEW 
Because as you said before, I haven't worked in any other company. I did Knox Pro when I learned how to wrestle with Rikishi and Gangrel and Green on Y. But besides that, I haven't seen any much wrestling. So I had I had this tunnel vision that I thought everything outside of it was wrong. But I was the one wrong the whole time. It's because wrestling is so much more fun, man. Wrestling is so, it's freedom. And that's the thing that people don't understand that wrestling could be so much freedom. And having that, going to work every single day, happy. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I know I'm going to be there and it's going to be up to me. It's not going to be a man that's going to write me a four-page promo that's going to change six times in the next 17, in the next five minutes. It's not like a seven producers telling me how to bump and then I can't go over the top rope or I can't put my fists up or I can't look at the people or I can't do that. None of that. It's the freedom, man. And that's what... That's what all the wrestlers wants to go to AEW is because it's the freedom of you to perform. It's like if you're a poet and you're given, you have four words to create a poem, go. Can you create yeah. as best poem John's as you can if you have all the words? No. And that's what I'm saying. Why would you want to shortchain your product? Why would you want not to do good? And I, couldn't, I could not personally deal with that. So for me, the best thing was to leave. Yeah, most definitely. And... Last question. Everyone always throws in a question like, who's your dream opponent? You know, stuff like that. What I want to do is I want to give you a few names. I know you love gaming. I know you love wrestling. And we see a lot of film adaptions of games these days. I want mm. to say a name of a game character and you to tell me which wrestler could play them in a film or who is Ooh, most like exciting. this person. I've only got a few names here, but let's see how it goes. The first one, Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog, oh man. So you know, I just played Sonic the Hedgehog 2 the other day on my yep. stream, and I lost to the last uh, boss, uh, which was really upsetting. But who would Sonic the Hedgehog be? Fast, agile, red boots, blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, who could have said the most? He's, but at the same time, he's like a funny, lovable guy. This is not that easy. <laughs> I think the other ones are a bit easier. I maybe started with the wrong person. <laughs> maybe you start with the blue guy and that kind of throws me off. Yeah. <laughs> we can look back to Sonic. You can think about okay, that we'll one. look back. Let's go to the next one. Ryu from Street Fighter. Oh, Ryu Street Fighter, boy. Uh, we're thinking about discipline. We're thinking about martial arts. We're thinking about all good is good. That's got to be probably John Cena, if he's anybody else. Most definitely. Well, right? He's the good guy of everybody. He's the good guy of good guys. And you think Guile, but Guile is not him. Guile is Cody. Cody's <laughs> Guile. <laughs> I love that, actually. That's a great comparison. Next one is uh, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. <sighs> Tomb Raider, man. I love that character. I've played so many games, the Tomb Raider, uh, Lara Croft. And you think looking at anybody but, uh, uh, but Angelina Jolie, it's kind of like, ooh, really? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but then I would give it I think my wife could be great Andrew, uh, could be great uh, Lara Croft because I've seen her wearing the, like a Halloween costume and she looks really good in it <laughs> but also she likes she's flexible she's shoot, doing all these movies with shooting and she does do all these like crazy roles and stuff like that I think she can do a great job at it yeah and Kratos from God of War. Ooh, man. 
That's a great character. That's a great character. Just from look-wise, you think right away of one man that he kind of wanted to look like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think everyone might know who you're talking about there. I don't think you even need to say the name. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but in real life, who could be him? Uh, with their hair, strong, relentless. I don't know. I think I can pull out a good God of War. Yeah. I think if I shave, all I do, I got to do is just shave my head and I'm there. <laughs> I got the boy. Come here, boy. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I can do that. Yep. And then last one before we circle back to Sonic. Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat. Oh, man. Sub-Zero. So very quick story. I, I just went and shot a video. It's a great project for, for TNT and AEW. And I shot it with director X, who is like one of the most famous directors. Yeah. And uh, we went into this arcade store, Coin and Kegs. The owner, it's like a mom and pop shop. The owner claims, which I'm going to put him to the test in a couple of weeks. He dresses as Sub-Zero and plays people in Mortal Kombat 2. And if you beat him, you win certain awards. So I'm going to put this to a test in a couple of weeks. But until then... I would give Sub-Zero. He's got the slide, he's got the freeze, he's got the jumping kicks. Who does a good slide? I'm trying to think of who does a good baseball slide. Good slide. Somebody with a good slide attack. I think I like Ben, I like Neville for it. Oh, you know, yeah. Neville can put all these crazy maneuvers. He does like, I've seen him break his leg on a baseball slide, so I know he's not <laughs> gonna do that again. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he mastered that. But unfortunately, Ben is in your country somewhere. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, he'll come back soon and I get to beat him up because he tore my biceps, so I have a personal agenda against him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe hopefully. I'm calling him out. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, it's going on the internet, so hopefully it does uh, end up with that dream match. And yeah, there we'll you. circle back. Sonic the Hedgehog, have we got any answer? <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. He's got to have a good tag team partner. He's got to have a good tails with him, you yeah. know? So who's got a good tag team partner? Who's got a good tag team partner? Well, Cap Sabian's yeah. got a good tag team partner. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I can give it a kip. I can give it a kip, but I don't know. I can, I can be, in this case, I can be Knuckles. Yeah. yeah if he's going to be Sonic, I'm not going to be Tails. I'm going to be Knuckles, because Knuckles is a badass. Yeah, most definitely. Absolutely brilliant. And then the butcher is going to be uh, the bad guy. Oh, yeah. He, the butcher would be an amazing, an amazing Dr. Robotnik. He would be yeah, better than Robotnik. Jim Carrey. We don't need Jim Carrey anymore. Get the butcher in there. <laughs> he's already got the mustache. He's jacked. He's big. He's got a, a, he's got a, a metal band. Did you know that? He's yeah, every time I die. Yeah, yeah. Every time I die. I listened to his album the other day, and it was really good, man. I really, really love that stuff. He's so, and that's what I'm talking about, being multi-talented. This is what we're missing in our business, uh, is the multi-talented. Like, he's a multi-talented guy. Kip is a multi-talented I'm a multi-talented guy. When you see the John Moxley, he's a, he's a dinosaur. And I'm here to take out the dinosaurs, man, because you can't be just good at one thing now. Now it's 2020. You got to be good at a lot of things. And if you're good, just good in, in freaking professional wrestling, then I'm going to come and take you out when the time is right. <laughs> Most definitely. Thank you so much, Miro. I'm going to let you go and beat 
the butcher or Robotnik since you never got to the other day because I know that we're keeping you from some gaming. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and I can't wait to see what you do in AEW. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you to everybody doing Inside the Ropes. I know I've been listening and hearing about it all the time and I know you guys are really popular, really good. So thank you for your honesty. Thank you for reporting the right stuff. Thank you for not going out there making up stuff. I appreciate you all. And uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to do this once uh, we win some uh, gold. Most definitely. Here's hoping. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your Miro day. All right. See ya. <laughs> see you, man. Ah, we're once again back on the island where anything goes on wrestling. It's Fantasy Booking Island. Um, and as usual, we put it out to you, the listener, to get us to decide what we should be booking. Last week, uh, Bronze Cello, a uh, big fan favourite of the show, um, got us to book a spin the wheel, make a deal match. Um, the results are in. We had Alex, who was giving us a spinning desk, disc death match uh, from the Hardy compound involving Sammy Guevara. Um, we had Gary with a few matches but the standout being a Wyatt Family Fortunes match uh, which was a standout and we had me who took on the whole concept and turned it into a trick or treat pay-per-view the winner by two votes this week is Cassidy well done, Gary. this is the trick I just need to put in uh, game show puns to every <laughs> every book in there and I'm sorted well I don't know if you'll manage it this week we were asked by Jamie Ogden to book this week Roman's new tribal chief faction and where he's going with it. Who do you want to go first in this booking, Gary, since you won? I'm going to take it first because I think we're all going to go down the same route. Right, okay, right. Your three minutes start now. So, of course, we had um, Roman Reigns greeted by Afa and Sika who crowned him the tribal chief. We've got, it seems like the Usos now unwillingly aligning with Roman Reigns and we're going to get a full Simone Dynasty type faction going forward. So of course we're going to have a lot of Samoan people getting upset by this. Namely Samoa Joe. We're going to get Samoa Joe wanting to fight Roman Reigns. Not a member of the Dynasty by any means but he's going to say that Roman Reigns is absolutely disgusting the great isle of Samoa by being such a overruler and all that nonsense and then we get that brilliant brilliant match between them coming up however my main thing that happens is during the royal rumble where we get samoa samoa joe entering roman reigns obviously eliminates him we get the usos in there and they're all standing tall all three members of the samoan dynasty standing tall who comes out rikisha comes out gets put over the top rope uh, by both his sons of course and then who else comes out but Nia Jax Nia Jax stands up to all three of them and all three of them put her at the ring Roman Reigns ends up um, just about getting to the end of the Royal Rumble match himself the Usos have both been eliminated Big E puts him out uh, and, and you know books his place in the Wrestlemania main event and Roman Reigns is walking back up the aisle to end the pay-per-view cursing at Big E and what do we get? The Rock's theme tune hits and we head to that Wrestlemania match with The Rock versus Roman Reigns with the Samoan dynasty all at ringside the most boring booking ever 
But sometimes you need to put the obvious ones in the back of the net because I've uh, <laughs> I've not taken the obvious ones when they've came recently and I've been punished for it. So that's us. Oh, just God. Look at John's face through oh. all of that. Oh, God. The one I'm... annoyance is I actually meant to put in also Fatou for... Uh, for uh, MLW because he's obviously a member of the Simone dynasty as well. But yeah, well, got them I, I'll, can I go next? Because I've basically mine is just the same as Gary. So it's like, right, let's put John next. <laughs> right, okay, three minutes start now. So um, yeah, obviously we've got the Simone dynasty. We have Jimmy and Jay. We're going to have Roman. Um, but there's more recruits onto the Simone de- uh, dynasty. We get Rikishi joining. We get Nia Jax joining. So we've got this whole thing who are basically ruin the roost in WWE but they want to get Samoa Joe into the faction he's not a member of the family but he's part of the island he's part of the tribe so they keep trying to get Samoa Joe into the family Samoa Joe refuses absolutely not getting involved you know which leads to various beatdowns and stuff in Samoa Joe we come to the Royal Rumble um, the Samoa Dynasty are all in the ring you know, the number one comes out, it's Roman, well, Roman Reigns wouldn't be in the Royal Rumble, but um, yeah. Oh, no, he would be. Would he? No, he wouldn't have already fucked mine up because yeah, yeah. okay, no, he would, he would be anyway, but basically, okay, so all this, the Simone dynasty are all in the ring, Jay, Jimmy, uh, Rikishi, Nia Jax, and they basically run, they, they all come out one, two, three, four, everyone else comes down. We have a very similar to Royal Rumble to what we had. Everyone's getting eliminated. Then Samoa Joe comes down and starts fighting, fighting back. Then more people get into the ring. But eventually, the Royal Rumble leads to just Samoa Joe being left in the ring with the, the, the Samoan dynasty. Roman Reigns is at standing at the top of the ramp, nodding approval, just like thumbs down, ready for Joe to get chucked out. Number 30 hits, and it's The Rock. There's a kind of glance towards... Uh, Roman Reigns as he walks down the aisle um, you know everybody kind of steps aside for The Rock to give him the elimination for Joe but Joe Rock turns around and eliminates all members of the Samoan uh, faction um, you know getting shot of everyone and him and Joe are face to face in the ring Rock just steps back, jumps across the top of the rope and kind of almost like there you go Joe wins the Rumble and we get Joe versus Reigns at WrestleMania for the title, and Joe gets the title. And so you want to do Samoan Tribal Joe team. squared? What? You want to do Samoan Joe, Samoan Joe squared at WrestleMania? Samoan Joe squared at WrestleMania? Uh, Roman Reigns' real name is Joe. Yes, that's so exactly. But uh, brilliant. Yeah, it all comes together. So there you go. Similar to Gary's, but a different type of outcome because I don't. Yeah, we we, we don't get the the the, Roman, the, the Reigns um, Rock match, but. We do get Samoa Joe and getting the title on him in a beautiful way. So there we Cool. Well, I haven't included The Rock at all, so right. I went down the difficult way. So, um, go. Basically, they've got to just let's just keep going with the way we're going just now. Indoctrinate both the Usos into the faction. Let's get them all looking badass. Take those shirts off, put them in those military trousers, and they come out with the blaze. Really commit to the full Samoan look. Now, we're going to use the faction to build both parts of the faction sorry so reigns is just going to keep plowing through that main event on his path to wrestlemania which is also going to include an elimination chamber match which reigns lasts the whole way through and then we have a little bit of a call back to the original money in the bank cash in 
as Miz attempts to do the edge as the cell gets raised and tries to cash in on Roman. But Roman, being the tribal chief that he is, survives Miz and walks out from that money in the bank cash in to his opponent for WrestleMania, which is obviously going to be Big E, having Big E just won the Rumble. In the meantime, the Usos are going to pretty much go through what little remains in the SmackDown tag team uh, scene and end up picking up the belts at said Elimination Chamber by going through a chamber of SmackDown teams that are completely thrown together just to really highlight the fact that there really is no tag team division in SmackDown, which is going to lead to a WrestleMania unification tag match with the New Day versus the Usos, and they're going to bill it as the one last time to really put this rivalry to bed. And the loser of that match is disbanded as a team while the winner takes the belts. So that's going to be the two big matches going in. We're going to have Roman versus Big E as the big main event, and we're going to have the Usos versus the New Day one last time. So first of all, the Usos are actually going to beat the New Day in the one last time match. They're going to split them up and they're going to walk away the unified champion. Unified champion. So at this point, everyone thinks that the Samoan dynasty's tribal golden dream is going to come true in the one night. In the main event, after the Usos interfere for Roman, Kofi and Xavier still come down to help Big E because New Day is more of than a faction. They're friends and their bond is real. And of course, that means Big E beats Roman and yeah, Big E is champ. Yay, that's quite nice. Quite nice. It's like the, the, it's like the stories give you the rise of Big E and like a nice kind of nice end to the new well there you go that is your three bookings for this week you have Gary and mine which are very similar but you've got Rock versus Roman at Wrestlemania you have Samoa Joe versus uh, the, uh, Roman at Wrestlemania via mine um, Alex has went for the new day and uh, Biggie winning the title at Wrestlemania so that is it this for this week's Fantasy Booking Island get on the Patreon vote on who's your favourites are patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft and thank you very much for all your votes this week that's it for this week's show please rate, review and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. remember go twice a week Rab and Grado back on the Friday show though Grado's not here this week um, they'll be talking about wrestling sweetie puns this week um, on the list of wrestling daft it's the best feuds as well and I think Rab's going to be joined by his niece uh, who is Isla Dawn's sister so we'll get the inside scoop on Isla Dawn and her goings on in the WWE gentlemen as usual thank you very much for joining uh, joining me um, we'll get wrestling Gary or Cassidy where are we getting you Cassidy I just wrestling Gary and I'm really hoping somebody brings up Kindle Mahal for the sweet oh <laughs> that is excellent that is excellent. Alex, have you got one to better that? No, I, I don't come prepared with these jokes, unlike Gareth, so... <laughs> that is tremendous. Well done, Gary. And Ali, did they push to 100? Have we hit 100 yet? I, I think... I, I haven't even checked. I think that your pushes on this podcast, I think people follow, then they realise that I don't actually post anything when immediately unfollow. So I think it's it's actually highlighting the fact that they should be unfollowing me instead of following me right so, so at Thirsty Bush, he's getting the Tucker treatment yeah absolutely absolutely Gary's over 10,000 now so he doesn't need a push anymore so he's uh, all the way to the top listen thank you very much for listening to Wrestling Daft get us on Patreon patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft for more content and shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft if you want to buy t-shirts and until next time you keep marking out Audio Frontier 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.